Hi, this is Logos Legacy. Be aware of what you create with your creativity. Be aware of what vibration, what you're imagining in your creativity has what it attracts, what it manifests, what it creates. We are the creator, in a sense. The way I see it is like we're the Holy Spirit, in a sense, which is metaphorical, which is the breath of the creator. Um, well, the creator, but like the breath of all that is, but also all that is. Anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get into details about that. Um, it's pantheas and stuff. Uh, you might be aware of it if you are subscribed, if you're subscribed, uh, or if you're into new age or mystical stuff. But in any case, so that is the general premise um, and kind of the conclusion. Uh, I'm starting there because there's this kind of story to tell. And I want you to understand kind of the basis of that. Otherwise, you might just be like, what's he doing? What's he, what's he explaining here? All right, so I'm going to get into it. So uh, what made me decide to do this video? So I've been doing a side project. It's a sort of creative passion project thing. Because I've been interested in um, tabletops, right? Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. And also like world building. Look it up if you're not sure what that is. It's like, like you, know, Lord, you know, Lord of the Rings, there's a map, right? World building is like creating that map and that world and kind of imagining how it works and how the magic works and everything like that. Uh, that's something I've been into for years. So I really enjoy that. And so there's this role play system called Cogent that I really like. It's similar to Dungeons and Dragons, but streamlined and well-designed in my opinion. And I was trying to, using the system and how it works, maybe making a slight few tweaks here and there, I was developing a magic system for role-play game that could I could actually DM just on, on, my, on my own. Because I'm just really, I think that would be fun, right? But here's the thing, like, <clears throat> Well, actually, I'll get into that. Uh, the, the, this is relevant, and you'll see why later. Um, it does relate to what I said at the beginning. But be careful what you create. And if it's conflict um, that you're creating or vibrating with, um, or th there's more about that that I'll go into. So also, I've been... Um, getting involved in um, what's called Arcturian-like meditations. So Arcturians are a, um, they're extraterrestrials, right? And um, they're the blue ones who are big heads who are, I don't mean pride, I mean, they're literally big heads and they're like really wise and stuff. They, they, they seem to be a bit more advanced than like say the Palladians or something. Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to go into details per se, just that um, 
Yeah, so I really recommend the meditations on Arcturian Live, by the way. Not to get too much into it, but yes, they do live Zoom meditations, which the energy is fantastic, partly because it's group meditations. Even if you tap into it after the, the time, it still kind of counts as a joint thing, a group thing, which has a multiply effect on the effect of the meditation. Secondly, they tap into the... Um, they're helped by ascended masters and Arcturians and other star beings. Star beings just being more or less a synonym for extraterrestrial. Anyway, <clears throat> the, the, the energy is really powerful. A lot of violet, what's it, what's it? Violet flame energy. If you if you've ever heard of that term, uh, it's like a sort of transmutative. I think it's a violet ray energy, so which is would be related to the crown chakra. But it's anyway, it's a, it's a transmutative flame. Uh, so <clears throat> that will also become irrelevant. So I was um, last night. I was well, I was in bed, right, and um, I was dreaming of. It was interesting. It was, um, if you're aware of uh, Till Swan, she has this idea that everyone kind of has splits, a bit like split personality, but like not to the point where it would be diagnosable, but that everyone have this thing where every time there's something traumatic, when there's something traumatic in their childhood and they can't make sense of it, they can't deal with it, it's too much for them. There'll be a split where one part of their mind will be like, uh, one extreme of the polarity and one will be the other. So basically it's be like one will be resistant to the situation. One will be like submitting to the situation. One will be submitting to power when you're totally futile, when it's totally futile, you can't resist it. The other will be about resisting no matter what. Because fundamentally it's like there's this will to live free or whatever. Anyway, I'm digressing. That's just one example. There's loads of different ways in which the situation creates a split in the psyche, in some sense. It's not like completely different egos, but rather like um, sub-portions of it, which is different from disassociative personality disorder, although it is technically a form of disassociation. And it's, it's normal, or at least it's normal for those in ego. Ego isn't actually normal. It's actually a type of madness. And it's just that most people on earth are, have that kind of madness. And so we don't realize that it's actually the same. But um, for more about that, I recommend reading The Course in Miracles, of course in Miracles. Uh, and Aaron Abkay talks about that sort of thing as well. And there's plenty of other content about that. But in any case, so um, I was having this dream it was, there was like this narration in it. I don't know if it was me or myself or, or what, but there's this narration in the dream talking about like, oh, you're kind of like, got that sort of situation going on, but like many people do, and that's your kind of spirituality, but you're kind of about bringing um, presence and peace to that situation or something like that. I can't remember the details. It's not that important because suddenly in this dream, 
I feel physically, I've got one, one wonders right now <laughs> on the time. Okay. Uh, it's like I'm feeling a massage on the side of my neck, right? Or is it massage? I don't think it's strangling. It didn't feel like strangling. It felt like there was bits, a couple of bits bulging out that were being massaged or something, right? But we'll just, I've had weird experiences when I've been sleeping before that have been kind of disturbing, perhaps, or odd and scary. Like, um, I'm not going to go into it, but experiences that are, that might have been, might have been some kind of negative entity or something. I don't know. But this case didn't seem like that. But I did freak out. I did react in fear. That's what seems to be where I'm at, right? And I woke up and I was like, I kind of, as I was waking up, I sort of sort of turning like that, you know, like shaking my head. It's almost like to shake it off, right? And um, <clears throat> as I was doing that, even though I didn't, what I heard, it sounded like kind of a little bit stereotypical of an extraterrestrial voice, but it was also like, I don't know, it sounded kind of kind. It's hard to explain, but it was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, right? And then I had a breather afterwards when I'd woken up and I was like, did I just mess, <laughs> did I just miss a middle opportunity for like some sort of mystical experience or some actual healing or something because I was in fear? Uh, and I, I highly suspect that was actually Arcturians or maybe spirit guides, I don't know, right? But it was, and then I started getting all positive emotion. I was just like, because I, I've, I've had, I think I've had clairaudient conversation with them before. Um, and also, I mean, I went to uh, an Arcturian, Arcturian, like they actually do in-person ones. Uh, they do meditation circles as well, like, not just on Zoom, but also in London, uh, this meditation room, which I went to day before yesterday. And uh, that was fantastic, by the way, just saying. Uh, and kind of mystical experience as well, the really powerful energy, you can feel it in the room. But anyway, so I was like, I basically, I communicated with them and asked them to come back on some way because I kind of, on some level, regretted that fear reaction. And also, but I did just to make sure I was like, I do Michael to watch. I don't know what that did, but yeah. Anyway, so trust me, I'm getting somewhere with this. I am. This isn't actually all the point of the video. It's just relevant. Uh, so basically, I took a while back to get back to sleep, but I got back to sleep. And that's when the dream happened. The second dream, technically, that night of, of note, but it was longer. So what happened is, um, so, hmm, where do I start? I've got some notes here, give me a sec. Um, so there's, I was like, 
seeing from the perspective of a character. Sometimes when you dream, the character isn't always the same character you usually are. It's like, I don't know, it's sometimes it's a bit different. But in any case, in this story I was dreaming, uh, I was like a kid who was like, I don't know if it's physically weak or struggling in some way to succeed, like academically or something. Uh, struggling to, and um, there, there's a sense of general weakness. And I mean, in broader sense than like physical. Um, <clears throat> and not not knowing what to do in life and stuff like that. And this just, I, I still see how much I remember of it, right? The dream. But basically, then there was this transition on some sort of water ride. I, I don't know why it was like that. Like, that's just dream logic. Dream logic is like, it does its own thing. Uh, where I ended up, oh, and there's this woman who was like concerned about me trying to help me or something, right? But then I ended up in this new place. Basically, the, the character I was seeing from the perspective of ended up at this school or academy for magic users, right? It was a magic school academy thing. Um, but it, the world looked like, it, it looked tech-wise, tech it looked like similar to where we are at, I, I guess. It was hard to tell, maybe a bit ahead, I don't know. But um, yeah, so this guy, yeah, there's a sequence where he's starting to do these different training things. Like one of them was, there's almost simulated computer thing where you're trying to build stuff, almost like a game where you're trying to build a base or something. And there's a number of different things. One, some of it was like physical exercise machines and stuff like for training and different stuff, right? And then there was a time, time skip and it's a bit older and basically, how do I put this? He was getting a bit rebellious. Okay, here's the thing. He was actually turned out to be really good at magic, right? He actually turned out to be some sort of prodigy at it, right? So he's like the top of the class. He just like, just acing it. Like he's just really good. Even though before he felt like he wasn't very good at stuff. Now he was like doing really well. And this boy is like, um, he's like maybe a couple of years older. I don't know, but basically, what was it? There was a sort of, not rebellion, but sort of thing where he, led by him and maybe some others, those the students are just like, they want to uh, do things. They want to have like their own like friendly competition where like they've got like houses, you know, with different, uh, you know, like houses and schools. Uh, boarding school or whatever, you know, like Harry Potter sort of thing, with different symbols and they wear different stuff, including on their head and face. Like one of the one of the groups, there should be kids, and some of them were wearing this. The school ended up encouraging it, and one of them ended up wearing like, like a gas mask on their face. I, I don't know why. There's different sort of clothing. They started allowing, encouraging them to just do things a bit different, and they started. I don't know. It's a sort of almost time thing where it showed over time the changes in a more rapid pace. And it showed 
as these kids were playing, like in between classes or whatever, right? They started acting more and more different and they talked their own way to each other. And it's like almost like you couldn't make out what they're saying so easily because it's like muffled by like a gas mask or something in some cases. Or like you know, this is like they're going to cafeteria and stuff like that. Or basically it's like they started separating out and not working with each other. That and and it's literally harder for them to understand each other. And they just became, well, they became separation where they'd once just been a class, and then instead it was like at least four different groups, right? And they weren't. There wasn't the sense of oneness at all. It's completely, yeah. And there was a sense that almost this subtle sort of sense in which it was something insidious. Like the idea is at first, or this detrimental process, where at first it's just little things, right? But it increased more and more to the point where they really became this gulf between them, right? And and surprisingly quickly too it became in the situation where they weren't, there was a sense of otherness and us and us as them between them. Um, and also keep in mind, this is a school for learning how to be, do magic. And also something I know I've told you that became apparent later, it's combat magic. These were, these are cadets for school, but they're starting the training as children, which is might concern you here. Uh, this is symbolic, I think, of different of certain things. So then there's another time skip. And so basically, his dad, the main character's dad, so the main character turns out, you see it in third person, he's kind of like of Indian kind of descent. I don't know what that's not relevant, but that's just like. Anyway, his dad is also like that. And he's also, he's one of the officers he's visiting there or something. I don't know exactly. He's a high ranking officer and is also quite powerful. Mage, it turns out. Mage, whatever, you, you know. And a uh, magic user, soldier, person. Um, and there's a sort of argument that this kid is like becoming, the main character of the dream is, is basically becoming more rebellious and argumentative with it. And he doesn't really respect authority. And he's like, I'm powerful. Like, I don't need to like do what you tell me and point you off. And he, yeah, he's quite cocky about it. And also there's a sense of which he's got insecurities that haven't been dealt with, that were never dealt with, but rather have become things of his personality has become twisted in some sense where he's trying to get, be empowered. And he feels like he's strong now and he's got his life together now. And throughout this process, even I forgot to mention, his mother has been showing concern. Is it no? Is it his mother, or is it the woman who was concerned about him from the beginning? Has been showing his concerns. So she's been saying they're turning you into a weapon and stuff like that. And he was like, no, 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 that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Because he, he didn't want to hear it because he was like he felt empowered. Yet he felt like in his life he had to control and like he was going somewhere. He wasn't a useless weak sack of shit in terms of how he felt, right? So, um. Like he was like a really powerful magic user. He felt like really strongly, you know, you know what I mean, right? So anyway, um, it skips forward a bit more. And this is a bit this is more, more of a time skip. I don't know, five years or more. So he's like at least 16, maybe as old as 20, right? I don't know. He's still there, but he's like, he seems to have been promoted in rank or something. I, I don't know exactly, but, and then people are whispering or saying like, 
did you hear his dad died, right? So he's actually the most powerful maid, magic user in the whole country because he's a prodigy, right? And so, and he's like, and so he, at one point there's these people lined up, right? And it, I think there's another scene of his, that woman being concerned about a bit more. Uh, and he, he's got them lined up and he's just announcing to people that about the situation. And he basically saying like, um, you guys are elite, right? And we don't need to listen to to obey the authority of these, you know, the, the the government and their corruption. They don't know what we what really matters or whatever. I, I don't know exactly what he was saying, but it was like we're going to do a coup and we're going to take over where the strong are in control and where those who actually have the real ability rather than the corrupt. Do you know what I mean? It's just all the idea of like, those with the ability can be in charge and make it efficient and for the greatest good because they're the strong, able people. Meritocratic, sure, but yeah, it, it's a sort of, so we're taking control, live by me, right? <laughs> I hope no one takes that out of control. I mean, take that out of context. Because <laughs> I'll be like, well, I, well you know, Nicholas Carey, uh, 2021, you know. Uh, right. So this character was doing a coup. Okay. That's what he was saying. And basically, that's where it led to. He get, so not just him, and he saw people lined up like they, they really looked up to him because he was like so strong, right? And it was like, it's interesting because um, it seems that that whole situation about academy and stuff, there's this whole martialization but also of people, but also the sense of separation and competition. And this, it got more and more extensive to the point where, and also insecurities, the goat insecurities weren't dealt with, not just with this character, but I imagine with others, uh, which to the point where it was like quite a dangerous situation, just from the sense of being separate from others and not dealing with their issues and projecting onto other people, unresolved resentment, not doing any other work, uh, stuff like that. And so what else is there? Um, Anyway, so I woke up. I can't remember what else there was. I think it ended there. But so I woke up and I kept going back to write more because I had realizations about what it was telling me. So I realized that, you know, I've been doing this like, okay, so what we imagine and what we resonate with, that can actually have creative effects, as in like in terms of creation of reality, because we are one with God. We are God in a sense, the Holy the, the Spirit. Even in Christianity, there's the Holy Spirit that's breathed into us. But if we're the soul in truth, not the body, then that would make us like actually the Holy Spirit, which is part of the Trinity, which is an aspect of the united whole God, which is singular, because it's singular and three at the same time. Three is part of a singular. So interestingly, as an aside, I do actually, symbolically speaking, do believe in the Trinity, despite being 
kind of new age as opposed to Christian. But yeah. Um, also going with this? Yeah, so I you know I've been imagining, like I've been saying imagining like I've been I've been interested in military strategy and that aspect of history for years. It's been fascinating to me, but since I was a child, um, especially when I was a teenager as well. I, I've been really into that. It, it just seems really interesting. And I, I used to fantasize about being a general who's really smart and <laughs> and stuff. Uh and um, also the sense of being uh, smart and intellectual, but not like letting my emotions get in the way and me being irrational. No, not with those people. No, um, I had a sense that I was like more rational, but coldly more rational sort of thing. And that was, and I thought it was like a Myers-Briggs thing of like being a one of the rational personality types, but Really, I, I don't know I, I, about that. Really, I, I think I was just like nubbing myself because I was like an empath who was hurting a lot and didn't it didn't hurt when I just cut myself off from that aspect of myself. But that's a sorry, that's kind of a tangent about me. I needn't mention really, and I don't think okay, I don't think that's just me who has that thing. I think a lot of empaths can have that. Like I was even resistant to the idea of being an empath for such a long time even when I was into spirituality, but people were talking about it. I was like, what are they talking about? Anyway, but it kind of makes sense. Uh, but um, basically, um, and also this whole Dungeon Dragons thing, or this is actually, sort of, the system's called Cogent, which is similar, but you know, it's that tabletop sort of thing. And this world building thing I was doing, I used to imagine these armies and battles and nations and how their military worked and involving magic and stuff. And when I was doing world building, but of course I was thinking of the magical system for this world that I'd want to be doing dungeon drag, was it DMing, which means or GMing, whatever, for doing this sort of DN Dungeon Dragon style role play thing, right? This is what I was interested in doing on the side, but it's a thing I realized that if you remember the what happened in the dream, what I told you. The, it can start relatively from small things, this separation and this inner conflict that's unresolved that is manifesting in conflicts and division between people. And when you project onto other people and blame them for your, for your resentments and stuff, you're actually creating an energy of a divide between you and them, even if you don't say anything or act on it, right? And um, and so I became aware of what if like imagining, oh yeah, by the way, if all this um, scenario, I was imagining like a, a way, an adaption of the system where you can actually do warfare in it and like um, conquer stuff. And I, I don't know, cause I'm, been, I'm interested in strategy. I, well, I have been interested in strategy games for a long time and uh, stuff like that. Maybe it's a power fantasy, I, I don't know. But this idea of like, well, it's like immersive thing, or you're you're role playing like you're in, you potentially can be like in charge of a nation, and you decide where you go, whether there's this idea of this nomadic tribe that's fleeing this horde, but also trying to conquer a corrupt nation empire. And I don't know, look, that that's not really important. The point is that um, what we imagine and create in our minds 
can have creative effects on reality. And if that's division and internal conflict in us, that's what you'll get between people and that's what you'll manifest more. And secondly, why was I drawn? Why was my creativity inclined and my interest inclined towards war and conflict and creativity with regard to that? Because I realized that that's what's been going on in my heart. That, that's in my, in my heart and mind. That I've, that's, I've been, that's been my state, in a sense. Um, a state of dis-ease or like being in internal conflict. And, and, and you know, I, I'm making headway with regard to inner work, but I mean, there's more to do although it's not a doing because <laughs> uh, you're not the doer. <laughs> so yeah, so you bring what you manifest, what you bring to the table in your manifestations is fundamentally shapes and affects what you manifest, right? And so if you're bringing your power as a spark of, the creator in your manifestation, whether consciously or not, uh, what you bring to the table is all your internal issues that you haven't dealt with. And the more you do doing the work, the more you're positively affecting things in, 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 in a sense, right? Also, what happens if you increase your frequency while not resolving the issues? That becomes dangerous because you potentially are having more of a sway on the energy fields than people who are quote unquote asleep um, and yet you still haven't resolved your issues. It's like the more higher frequency, the more responsibility perhaps. Uh, so there's that. And I think that while I might learn some things about myself, I don't think it just applies to me. I think it applies to anyone. Um, and here's the thing, right? Um, it seems it might seem really fun and interesting and exciting when I'm being on a create in creative flow and come up with these ideas and how they could be applied to like a system and okay but here's the thing Einstein and other physicists might have got really excited in their research about nuclear physics but Einstein was absolutely shocked when the nuclear bombs were dropped it, 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 it took him aback and he was like like shit man is this what i i had a part in this right that that's how we felt and it was like and then the law of one it's been suggested in the raw material in the law of one it was suggested that i can't remember where when it was said this but ra said that the orion group or at least next service the self beings or whatever can influence the creativity of the ideas or of certain people like, and that they did that with Einstein, or at least that they did that with nuclear, that, that they do that sometimes with scientists and the scientists don't realize that certain technologies or ideas that they're getting about technology. But so basically in the scientific process, intuition is part of the process. It doesn't, officially it's not, but it, but it is, right? Um, hypotheses sec stage of it is massively important, right? And in that 
creative part of it when you come up with hypotheses and stuff like that. And then there's probably creativity, creativity, other points. In the scientific process, scientists often, they tap into something and they don't realize necessarily that they're doing it, but their creativity taps into something beyond, right, perhaps. Within, beyond, both at the same time. But basically, um, yeah, sometimes it might be something which ends up being leading to, or at least increasing the likelihood of devastation of some kind or more conflict and more division on earth. Perhaps that's what happened with Einstein and the other and others in the Manhattan Project, where they might get in all these ideas and Eureka's, and then but they don't, but then they realize that it turns out to be like used for evil, so to speak. Um, so yeah. Uh, we've got to be careful of what we bring to the table in our manifestations. So in the inner work, meditation and such is really important. And just also consider just what happened in, also there's this idea of, so I, I was imagining magic soldiers or magic uh, in war in the role play game, uh, world magic building, right? In the dream, that's what you got. You got people being trained to be soldiers, to be weapons using magic. Um, here's the thing: what if you're lending towards manifestation of those kind of, that kind of dynamic, and what happened in the dream? Um, by by imagining that stuff. And it's like, what are you putting in your mind? Like sometimes when you watch these violent films and you watch, or you watch someone playing a computer game and it's, it's a tragedy game and there's violence in that. And I admit sometimes I still find that fun sometimes. And I, I am trying to do relatively dopamine detoxing a bit, but sometimes I just watch entertainment videos of someone playing like Rome Total War or something. And, and it's called Total War, I mean, geez. But I really like the really like the game. I guess I, I I don't know. Maybe I just need to change how I live. I mean, I have been I have I have definitely got New Year's resolutions. I, I have to say, even before the stream or anything, uh, like meditating more and stuff like that. Uh, but um, yeah, like what are we putting into our minds, and what does that? How does that affect us? And how does that affect our manifestation? Even if we're not consciously trying to manifest, we do. The more we raise our frequency, the more we manifest. So we've got responsibility, um, especially when we can consciously make that choice. When a lot of people, they're not consciously aware that much of, of that responsibility. Or of, a lot of people, they just go along with what the programming, meta programming, right? The more you're free of that, the more you have responsibility in terms of how you exercise the free will. Um, because if you're not exercising free, well, I mean, there's not so much responsibility, maybe? I don't know. There was something else. Also keep in mind, it was kids that were being trained there.
Hmm. I'm going to waiting for that to come back into my mind. What I was going to say. Oh, that was it. So I was thinking about this when I was getting ideas and writing them down. And I mentally referred to it as a dream. And then clairaudiently, I got this message, which was, it's not a dream. It's basically, I got that it was a memory. I don't know if it's my memory or someone else's, but it's it's basically, yes, yeah, not, it's, it's this, these are the actual memories of someone who incarnated once. It might be, I don't know, it might be in a Lanantian or something or something. I don't know. It might be on another planet. I don't know. Like, but I mean, maybe the faces and the species are actually different just because it's translated into a dream. I don't know. But basically, that adds to another level of sobriety to the whole thing, doesn't it? Because it's like, this has happened before. And how many times have us humanity repeated the same cycle? I mean, even before Earth, apparently on Mars and Maldek, there was this tendency to be divisive and a conflict. Maldek was destroyed. Mars was devastated due to hubris and ego and division and separation and the sort of things I was talking about in the dream and what I'm talking about in this video, right? And how many times have we repeated the same cycle? The fall of Atlantis, the, the, the fall of um, Lemuria and Mu, right? The um, so many conflicts, so much of the repeating cycles, just karmic cycles of repeating each other, repeating themselves. And it's like, I mean, some in the spiritual community, the New Age community, and I'm inclined to believe them, but I'm not sure. They say that, okay, like in the world one and stuff that it's it's done like we've we've succeeded frequency wise energetically the great awakening so to speak is complete and it's favorable to service to others open heart um open chart check or opening sort of transition to fourth density or fifth dimension sort of thing and that it's all done and it's all wonderful we just got to go through the process of manifesting that Maybe, you know, but can we count on that and just not take responsibility for actions? Because I think that, and for our own minds and our mental choices, because like, we create our own reality and the more we rise up, raise our frequency and come out of raise our frequency, the more we do that. And we have responsibility for what we create. And when we're being creative, oh, we're really being creating, aren't we? I mean, it's, it's literally called creative, create. And isn't that what God does, create? And, you know, pantheism is, well, from my perspective here, uh, I mean, I'm, it's likely to be yours. I don't know what your perspective is, but in mysticism, in new age, and that sort of thing, it's generally pantheism, right? 
that were one with the creator and the creator is everywhere. I mean, omnipresence actually inherently means that it's everywhere, including us, including in us, including our souls. So inherently we're part of the Godhood. I mean, it, it, honestly, in my opinion, monotheism isn't, if you follow the logic, it's inherently pantheistic and non-pantheistic monotheism is actually, in my opinion, nonsensical. But anyway, th th that's a tangent. That's a tangent. This is my opinion. I, I should respect other people have different opinions. Anyway, so, and I, I guess maybe we'll come full circle here because this brings me to the point that I was making at the beginning where, yeah, um, we must be aware, or it's certainly wise to be aware of what we create, what we manifest with our creativity, but not just our creativity, but generally with our, what we bring to the table in terms of our manifestation, our interactions uh, with the world, with the reality, with others, right? And uh, so, yeah, uh, I guess that wraps up more or less what I wanted to say. And um, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, have a great Christmas. Or if you're watching this at a later date, uh, you know, keep up the inner work. And uh, yeah, I wish you well. <laughs>